Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. They need to be real models. You have to have a budget for real models. Oh, well, what do you need, Rowan? What budget do you need for models? So I, we can get models anywhere from 250 to 500 for the day if you want. That's reasonable. And those are real models? Those are some real models from some agencies here in Atlanta. You got to call on people, Sheree. I know, but it's too late for that. It's not too late. It is. I've already spent a million dollars just trying to get these samples. So what well, I need is a million for her dollars, to get the bitch, It should be on a plane here. If Sheree spends a million dollars, <laughs> it's to a collection agency. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kenya. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Houses of Atlanta. Poor Rowan. I mean, the things that that woman has to put up with to put on this Shoot by Sheree fashion show, which is not going well, and I'm obsessed with the lead up to it. I love when Sheree asks, like, oh, so those are real models if I pay them. It's like, no shit. <laughs> Like, what is going on with Sheree? I love that we have a housewife on this franchise that one of her personality traits is that she just doesn't pay people or isn't interested in paying people. And Kenya's trying to tell her, like, you need to get real models. They had all these people come in, and I did feel bad for these people that came in on camera. And then they weren't real models. They were all 5'6 and 5'4 and everything. And so they're all short, and they're looking at them. And Kenya's fighting with Rowan and... Ah, oh, you guys, I loved it. I, this felt like classic housewives. They should have flashback of Kenya when she was at Cynthia Bailey's, the Bailey Center. What did they call Cynthia Bailey's modeling offshoot? What was that called? What's the word? What's the word? Oh, it was the Bailey Agency. Anyway, they did a flashback, and I felt like this was very similar to that, and I just, I was really into it. But I, I want Sheree to get it together, but it's not happening. I mean, it's been a hundred years now that we've been trying to get She by Sheree together, and it's just simply not happening. And I do ultimately think they're, they're doing one of these things where it's going to make it look like it's not going to go off, and then I'm hoping it does go off. But I don't know. Sheree needs to get it together. Speaking of getting it together, we got to talk about all this. Real house size of Beverly Hills stuff. So there's lots going on in the world of Beverly Hills, both on the internet and off the internet. So I don't know if you've been following any of this stuff. And I wanted to come on this podcast and explain it. But things are moving so quickly. There's so many new developments. And it's very overwhelming to try to follow all of the stuff that's happening. I just was reading on DMZ today that Diana Jenkins, Room 23 is Diana Jenkins. She had hired 24-hour security guards, it's being reported, because she's now getting threats online or something like that. And previously, it was Jax, Garcelle's son, who was getting these threats online. So Garcelle had posted on Jax's behalf saying, leave me alone. Like All these people were coming to his Instagram and saying things and saying these really racist, awful, mean, horrific things to this young kid who's, by the way, 14 years old, or I believe 14, 15, around that age. So he's A, under 18. And you know, we always talk about the kids on this show. And I do think there's a huge difference between a kid on the show who's using it as a platform, who's over 18, who's in confessionals, making money off the show. That's a different thing. So if you look at, 
I don't know, on Real Houses of Orange County, when Brianna was an adult and having kids and she was in the confessional and she was meeting with Tamara for certain scenes, she was getting paid for that show, right? She's over 18, she's getting paid. Now, Garcelle's kids, they're pretty much in the background of these scenes, right? So they're, I don't even think they've gotten a confessional, but maybe they have, but they're not really meant to be part of the storyline. Ultimately, they did become part of the storyline when Garcelle had her birthday party and Bamboozle Jane was saying these terrible things and saying, get the fuck out, or whatever, whatever she was shouting at the kid at the birthday. And so that kid wasn't miked, though. That's the big difference there. I don't believe Jax was miked in that scene. So he sort of became a storyline, but it wasn't purposeful, right? Now, there's other people who come on these shows, other kids who come on the shows, and they profit off the shows. They have, I think we saw in Real House New Jersey, remember Gia last season, she had the sweatshirt line where she was selling the waking up in the morning sweatshirt. So we had that scene. She's in the confessional. She has storylines with her uncle. She's getting paid. She's over 18. It's a different thing. So anyway, these people are coming online at Jack's and really horrific things. And then people come to find out people were looking at these accounts that were saying these awful things to Jack's. So it came out that a lot of these accounts that were targeting Garcelle's son were bot accounts. Okay, now there wasn't really an investigation or anything like this into what was going on, but it was pretty clear when people clicked on these profiles or went to these people's accounts that they were bots. Okay, so with that out of the way, then people started going back and forth online, and the fan base for Beverly Hills Online, if you're on Twitter, it can be very intense. You tweet one thing about it, and it's like everyone's arguing back and forth. There's a very fervent fan base right now. So despite the fact that these were bots going after him, if you go online, it is a very intense fan base. And so I understand we like our shows, but we also need to like take a step back, and these are supposed to be entertaining reality shows. And so if you are somebody who's going to a housewife's kid's page and saying these awful, terrible things, you need to stop, okay? You need to stop. You do not do that. We do not need to get the kids involved. And also, if it's working you up that much, then you need to just take a step back and maybe watch something else, right? Okay, so then the women across all the franchises were posting this statement that Bravo released. So Bravo put on their Instagram page and their Twitter and all of their social media that it's unacceptable, essentially, to be targeting the housewives' kids. Then all the housewives were reposting it. People from Jersey, people from all the different franchises were reposting the statement that Bravo had let out. Now, I had said online that this is sort of the vibe that was going on with New York. Remember at the end of last season of New York, there was this kind of weird vibe, and they canceled the reunion, even though they said that it was just because of uh, scheduling issues. Obviously, that was a big old lie. (laughs) If you believe that it was just like a scheduling issue, then I got news for you. There was a big old lie. And then they ultimately decided to essentially sort of cancel Real Houses New York, and now they're rebooting it with a new cast, as well as doing a separate legacy show with some of the uh, original cast. And I had said, this is sort of the vibe that was happening at the end of New York. And Real Houses of Beverly Hills ratings are still through the roof. I think it's maybe the highest Housewives franchise ratings that they have in terms of live ratings. Now, where I think it's an issue is that Bravo doesn't release these statements willy-nilly. They're not always releasing these statements. So if you read between the lines and see that Bravo is putting a statement on their Instagram, their Twitter, their social media about the Real Houses Beverly Hills fan base, that's not a good sign because although they want people talking about the shows, they don't want it in this way. So that's why I think they're similar. New York's ratings were down. They were going down and down and down throughout last season. I get that. Whereas Real Houses Beverly Hills ratings are still fantastic. However, I think next season there will be some sort of change. Now, I don't know if it'll be as 
as big of a change as what they did with New York. But I do think if we read between those lines and we see how they released a statement about what's going on with social media and with these targeting attacks to the kids and these bots and all that stuff, I think we could read between the lines and see that there's obviously going to be some sort of shift. That's my opinion. Maybe it's wrong. But I think that if we look at the history, how often do they release these statements? And usually after they do release these statements, there is a bigger thing that happens. So there's some let goes, there's people that are no longer on the show, or uh, there's a shift. The ratings are great, but I don't think they want that kind of press or that kind of energy because it ultimately tarnishes the brand of their network And so that's why I think there's going to be a shift, not necessarily because of the ratings. So that's hopefully keeping you all up to speed. Now, I'm recording this episode on Saturday, so I don't know. Something might have happened on Sunday because, again, it's all happening so fast. And so I just need everyone to just take a step back, take a deep breath in, and we need to just enjoy our shows in a healthy way and not be mean to these people or not be mean to their kids. I think there's definitely a line, right? Like we want to have fun and we want to be a little shady and all these kinds of things. I think that's what the show is and that's what these shows encourage us to do. And they like these fervent fan bases. That's why we have things like BravoCon where we can gather as a fan base and they like that excitement. However, we just have to realize that there's a line and we can't cross the line when it comes to these young kids. And and so although it seems like most of those people that were targeting Jax were bots, I still think there's probably a small percentage of people who are taking it too far and also going after the kids. So we just need to cool it. We need to cool it. All that's to say we need to cool it. With all of that said, now we have to talk about Atlanta Before we do, though, I have to say I'm in a good mood. I know we just went into all that heavy stuff, but I am in a really good mood because it's getting to be fall time. And last night I went to Target and Matt told me, he's like, you're not allowed to decorate for fall yet because I got all these Halloween decorations. I went to Home Goods too, and I got all this stuff that I want to put out, these seasonal pillows. I mean, I got all the whole nine. I mean, it's it's bad. And I'm so excited because we got this new place and I haven't had Halloween in this house yet. So I'm excited to be putting out our fall decor. I can't wait for Christmas to put out the Christmas decor. Uh, but Matt tells I'm not allowed to until September. But he didn't tell me that I couldn't buy the seasonal foods. So I went fucking nuts at Target last night. <laughs> I literally got all, they have all the uh, seasonal pumpkin spice foods out. So I got the Hostess pumpkin spice cupcakes. I got the Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice goldfish collab that they're doing. I got the pumpkin Starbucks K-Cups. I got the pumpkin spice Milanos. I got the Pillsbury pumpkin cheesecake cookies. I got the orange cream Oreos. I got it all. And so I went a little crazy. So I'm maybe also very sugared up for this episode. But I am excited about all the orange stuff. And I get so basic over this pumpkin spice shit. I don't care who judging me. I'm judging myself, quite frankly. And honestly, I don't need all these sweets. But I couldn't help myself. It's like if I see a pumpkin on the packaging, I'm just like, put it in the cart. It's like gotten really bad. And some of the stuff is really gross. Like I, the Pillsbury pumpkin cheesecake cookies, they looked sort of disgusting to me. They're the frozen ones, but I still got them. And the pumpkin Milanos, I don't even think I like those. Like I'm pretty sure I tried those another time and they are disgusting. But I will say the Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice goldfish collab is really delicious. They taste sort of like Teddy Grahams to me. And then also the orange cream Oreos, I believe are the most top tier Oreos outside of mega stuff. I like the mega stuff where they just have like an uncomfortable amount of cream filling. Those are number one for me. But the orange ones come like second place. And I don't know what it is. I think it's the same recipe, but they look orange. And I'm just like, I'm in. I love them. I love them. Anyway, 
I know none of you care about any of this, but I just went on a big old rant about all that pumpkin food. But who cares? <laughs> I put Ariel on the from The Little Mermaid on the soundboard. But who cares? What's the word? What's the word? I don't know. I was feeling it. I guess I'm in. I said it. I'm in a good mood. I'm sugared up. And I'm going to sugar crash as soon as we're done here. I'm just going to pass out in the middle of the day. I'm recording this in the morning, and I'm just going to pass out. Should we talk about the Real Houses of Atlanta? I know you're ready to get back here. We did get back to Atlanta this week, too, because the gals are in Jamaica, and they're finally back in Atlanta. And we're getting some good transitional music. And I know I haven't really been talking about the transitional music this season, but we did get a song. It was like, Welcome to Atlanta. We give you that Southern hospitality. And then later on, there was one where it was like, Don't rush me. I ain't ready yet. And it was like into the scene of Shrey doing the model casting. (laughs) It was like a shady transitional song about Trent. Uh, but we open on this one, and we're back to Atlanta. We see Ace and his acting coach. Now, I don't really think that kids should act. This is a controversial opinion. I don't think it's healthy. I think we've seen so much in the history of time that young kids should not be actors. Now, it's one thing if they're putting on plays in their garage or something like that. Like That's where, if I was a parent, I'd say, put on some plays for the neighborhood or something like I did. I remember charging money for tickets and me and this girl, Melissa, would like sing. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm just having this flashback. We made all the neighbors, the neighbor, like the parents used to all hang out together. They'd be drinking their beers and having a good time, charcuterie or something. And the kids would all hang out in the basement, right? And I remember me and my neighbor, Melissa, one time we like got in the basement and we were like, we're going to do this whole dance routine. Meanwhile, it's like, I was so obviously gay that I was doing a dance routine to like new kids on the block or some shit like that. And so then we made all the parents pay for like a ticket. And I don't know if they actually gave us any money, but then they came downstairs. And also I'm just like thinking now, I can't even imagine what my parents were thinking. Like they must've just been sitting there thinking like, Oh, our son's a homo. <laughs> like, yep. Confirmed. Cause here I was at like eight years old, you know, putting on a, a dance to new kids on the block. Or I think, what was it? Or I feel like it, what was that song? Marky Mark and the fun, funky bunch. Like, I feel like we did a dance to that or something. Wow. Big old gay. Anyway, yeah, we charge tickets. So that's the kind of level that I think a child actor should be. I don't think that we should be like throwing them in front of an audition. Let them be 18 and do it. Like that's because I just feel like these kids get fucked up and I don't want Ace to get fucked up because he seems like such a sweet, I mean, he's an adorable kid. And if I was a casting person, I'd be like, Ace, you're hired because (laughs) he won me over. We was saying some line about peanut butter on the roof of his mouth. And I was like, give him a job. And see, that's the problem because then he's going to get some good acting job. And I don't want Ace to get screwed up in all these kids. We look at time and time again, these child actors and they grow up and it's not good. So I hope Candy, maybe just let him do a few commercials or something. And then let's uh, scale it back. Um, Anyway, then we cut to Marlo. Speaking of kids, she's prepping for the nephews to come back. And now that filming is ending, she's like, okay, the nephews could come back because I feel, I feel like at this point they're at the end of their filming. And so I was a little, I felt bad though for Crystal, who's the one watching the kids. And maybe I missed this before, but I didn't realize like Crystal was a nurse. And we were, while this was happening, we were still in the pandemic and Marlo sent the kids to live with Crystal. And I was like, that's, that's really not appropriate that Marlo, I understand that Marlo needed a break or whatever, but the fact that she's making this poor nurse in the middle of pandemic have to watch extra kids, I was just like, Marlo, maybe you could have waited or or sent them somewhere else. And did we know that before, ahead of time, that Crystal was a nurse? Was she a nurse or was she just in a hospital that day? 
Unclear. Anyway, she is preparing for the kids to come back. It was 30 days, she says. Marlo says she's going to be tough. She's going to see the therapist with the kids, and she's ready. She says she's ready to have them back. She misses them. So here we go. Then, oh, this Drew and Ralph scene. Should we take our break here? I think we need to take our break, and we'll come back and talk about this Drew and Ralph scene, because I have lots of thoughts. Shrey visiting, Sonia visiting. We will be right back. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Oh, and we have the signed copies of my book, How Do I Unremember This, available at everythingiconic.store. They come with a cute little bookmark and a weeple. If you don't know what a weeple is, maybe the book is not for you because... (laughs) The Weeple is like, I don't know if you guys all got them, but when I was a kid, we would sell magazines and you would basically win Weeples or get Weeples. They're these little cotton ball figurines. Anyway, we got these cute bookmarks with the Weeples on. And so you can get a signed copy at everythingiconic.store. We have a limited amount, so I don't know, get them if you want them. But we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back, girl. Girl? Okay, so then we have this scene with Drew and Ralph. Now, Drew had just had surgery. After that thing that happened in Jamaica, she had to have surgery. Now, the two people that hate Drew the most, Sheree and Sonia, both arrived to visit Drew as she's recovering from her surgery. Now, I don't understand exactly this friendship, how it's happening, unless it was like 
Shrey and Sonya were going after Drew, and then they realized like they would look bad on camera if they went after her when she's got an injury. So they decided to make up with her. And I think part of why Drew is accepting all of their apologies is because of the pain medication that she's on. And I know that she was on pain medication, actually, because did anyone catch that big plate of food they served? I mean, what was that plate of food? Just like, can we talk about that for 75 minutes? Pull over for driving because it was the biggest fucking plate of food I've ever seen. It was like a pork chop and a bunch of veggies. <laughs> Sheree was like, oh, I'll have some. And then the chef, which I don't understand, like the logistics of them hiring the chef to just, do they, the chef live with Drew and Ralph? And I don't imagine the Drop It With Drew program's really hot right now at the moment with Drew's got the broken foot or whatever. So who's running the Drop It With Drew program? I don't think uh, it's really going to be bringing in a lot of money when Drew can't drop it. And so I don't understand where the funds are coming to be hiring this chef full-time who seemingly lives there with them. And the food looked delicious. I want this. I wouldn't want to hire this chef too, because it was so much food. And, you know, sometimes I go to a restaurant or something, the fancy places, they don't serve you enough food, right? You get the plate of food and I'm someone, and this might not be a popular opinion because I know a lot of you out there would like a fine dining experience. But for me, I prefer a place like the Cheesecake Factory where the plate, you can't even see the plate, right? Like you get some, uh, whatever you get at the Cheesecake Factory, you're not even seeing the china underneath it because it's just filled with all sorts of sauces. I like the, what's the, it's like a lemon chicken at the Cheesecake Factory. The, but the plate is full though, right? That's what I mean. The plate is full. You go to an Outback Steakhouse, they're not, they're filling up your plate. And some of these fine dining places, right? You spend so much more money and they barely give you any food. You're still hungry when you leave that place. And I know you're supposed to be not eating so much. That's such an American thing to be eating you such uh, big plates of food, but I don't care. That's where we live in America. So I want a big ass plate of food. Okay. I want to leave that place feeling like I can't even move. If I leave a restaurant, I want someone to have to wheel me off of there. I want to look like fucking Humpty Dumpty when I'm exiting the doors of an Outback Steakhouse. Okay. Or a Cracker Barrel or something like that's what I want. And then you go to these fine dining and it's like, where's my chicken? Like, where is the burger? It's a little, looks like a slider. And it's like, I ordered the whole burger or whatever. Or the steak, you know, you get the filet mignon and it's like a two ounce. And it's like, what the fuck am I going to do with a two ounce? Uh, give that to the dog. Like, I need a full, I need a 10 ounce or more, baby. Okay. Without the bone, without the bone. Anyway, Drew's chef knows what's up because they served Drew the biggest fucking plate of food I've ever seen in my whole life. I mean, it was bigger than anything in an Outback Steakhouse. Uh, Ruby Tuesday's got nothing on Drew's chef because that woman, she knows what to do. You know, it was a pork chop, veggies. Now, Sheree stirs the pot between Kenya and Sonya because Sheree says, oh, Kenya said that Ross is being aggressive or something. And then Sonya gets pissed, so she calls Kenya when Kenya's asleep. And speaking of asleep, Drew's fallen asleep in the middle of the scene. Did anyone notice her eyes? Drew was checked out. And then, <laughs> then Sonya calls Kenya, and Kenya's also asleep. And Kenya's just like, uh, I have to wake up and call you back. And then Sonya's like, well, this really upset me. And Kenya just says, okay, Sonya. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sonia. And then Sonia hangs up the phone and then says, bye, bitch, which this sort of bothered me because it was like, I wish she said bye, bitch, while Kenya was still on the line because I felt like that could have moved things forward. Instead, I feel like this Kenya Sonia thing is being a flop. And Sonia tried to go after Kenya before and it didn't work. It's like flopping so hard. And I just don't think it's working at all. So then we have this scene. Okay, so this is that scene with Rowan who was hired for the show. For Sheree's She by Sheree's show, Kenya's a little mad at Sheree for throwing her under the bus with Sonya, but ultimately they were able to do this casting together. 
And they say, this was so confusing. Okay. So for this model casting, they said it was on the down low. And then we see a screenshot of Shrey had posted on her Instagram account about this model casting. But so I think what they were saying was like, they didn't hire a professional casting service to do this. It's like Rowan's just doing this with Shrey's Instagram. So all these people that come are not professional models. I mean, maybe some of them are and they're here for a freelance gig or something. But Kenya tells Rowan that she does fashion shows the wrong way. So now Kenya and Rowan are getting into it. I expected to Kenya to come in and throw a little shade at Rowan, but I didn't expect them to have a full-blown feud. The best feud of the season, in my opinion, because Kenya's like, they have to be real models. And then Rowan drops the bomb of, well, we don't have money for real models. And Kenya's like, well, tell me why that we don't have money for real models. Tell me why. And Shrey's like, well, I spent a million dollars on the models. And she says it seriously. And Kenya brings it up later on. She's like, oh, Shrey, you said you spent a million dollars. And Shrey's like, I never said that. <laughs> Which was funny. I'd like to know the full final budget for the She by Shrey fashion show. And I'm talking like final budget, what was paid. You know, the invoices that were paid. Not the ones like Drew's invoice for that other party later on that Shrey was like, I'm not paying that invoice. And I honestly was on Shrey's side for that one because it drew through this big party and got all these party supplies. And Sheree was interested in co-hosting it. But I think we've all been in that position before, right? Like it's like friends throwing a party or something. Or it happens a lot with the weddings where you're in a bachelorette group or you're in a bachelor party group, whatever. And somebody's planning the whole thing. And then all of a sudden you get there and you find out they planned for some hookers in a party bus. And you're like, I wasn't on board with that. And then suddenly you owe $800 for something that you wasn't agreed to. You thought you were chipping in for some Bud Lights or some Blue Moon. And then suddenly you're having to pay this bill. And so I was on Trey's side and she simply was just not going to pay the invoice. And I was proud of her. I was like, good, you shouldn't have to pay that invoice because I think that Drew should have, although did Drew say, I think Drew did say she sent it beforehand. So maybe Shrey should have paid. (laughs) Maybe she should have paid. But Shrey was like, who cares about that invoice? I'm not paying it. But who cares? But who cares? I wish I could sing like Ariel. Ugh. Anyway, Sheree, I was on her side, but maybe I'm not anymore. Maybe I'm changing my mind as we're talking about it. Okay, so then Kenya's fighting with Rowan. Oh, they were getting in a fight with the headshots, too, because Kenya's like, why aren't there cell phone numbers on the headshots? And Rowan's like, I've done a bunch of these before. And then she's like, this isn't my first rodeo. And Kenya goes, well, it looks like it's your first rodeo. I loved it. I love Rowan and Kenya. I want them to get a spin-off. Put them on Ultimate Girls Trip. We need to get Rowan in the mix now. She should be a housewife. She should. We need to get her somewhere because she's not putting up with the shit. She's over it. And so Rowan, we give her a peach. Give her a peach. Give her a diamond. Put her somewhere on the Bravo Network. I don't throw her in the winter house or summer house or something. I don't know where we got to put her. Get her a sir dress because Rowan's a star and I need her in the mix on all the shows. Oh my God. Did you see on Vanderpump Rules? So Shayna Shay got married and now it's being, how did I said Sheena weird there, didn't I? <laughs> how did I? Shayna. Um, Sheena got married. And I was disappointed because she didn't wear the crop top wedding dress, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, at the wedding, it's being reported that Raquel and Tom Schwartz hooked up. (gasps) They hooked up, apparently. But who cares? I don't know if I really care about those two. And I ultimately don't think it happened. I think it's just press for the upcoming season. But I am sort of excited in a weird way. I'm mostly excited to see how the Katie Maloney Schwartz stuff plays out. And I I hope it does play out. 
But they did, uh, it got all over the news. So somebody leaked that Schwartz and Raquel hooked up, which it's been rumored for the whole season of like, oh, they were flirting or something. And then at the wedding, supposedly they made out or something. I don't know if I buy it. I don't, do you guys buy that? I don't know if I buy it. It's like on Southern Charm, that Whitney Naomi thing. They're really going with it hard. They're pretending that Whitney and Naomi hooked up. And it's so clear to me that they did not hook up. But Whitney is a producer on the show. Nothing had been happening on this program. So I ultimately think the two of them came together and they got into cahoots and they decided, oh, let's just pretend that we're doing each other, even though we have zero chemistry, even though it seems so false. And maybe they did like kiss at a bar or something. And if you watch the editing, the editing is so weird on that show because it's like they'll talk about how they kiss, but then it seems like it was maybe just like a kiss at a bar or something. And Ultimately, I think Whitney is actually maybe the hottest one there now outside of Craig. Like, if you look at Shep, I mean, that man, ugh, ugh. But who cares? But who cares is how I feel about that one and his cousin. Anyway, uh, I don't believe that the Naomi Whitney stuff happened, but I think that they're trying to make something go on on the show because not every season of these shows is going to have some big controversial thing. And the Southern Charm in particular didn't have much going on at all. So they decided, hey, let's pretend us two hooked up. And maybe it'll throw a situation with Craig and Paige. And I don't buy it, though. I'm not stupid. I could see through it. And I think viewers were smart enough we could see through the bullshit, right? And I understand they have to pad these storylines and we got to do certain things. We got to suspend disbelief sometimes. But I can't suspend disbelief for that because I just don't believe it. Unless I see it happen. And maybe I'm completely off base, but I'm not. (laughs) But I'm not. Okay, so then what else is happening? We see Ralph's book cover shoot. Now, the book is 75% done, and Drew's mom's there. And this is all, this whole storyline is confusing to me. Now, Drew, I thought she was okay with the not adopting Josiah thing. And now we find out Drew's mom's not okay with the not adopting Josiah thing. And Drew also said in her confessional, like, I'm not happy about him not adopting Josiah. Now, I also understand Josiah also goes by Jojo, by the way. So Jojo's biological dad came to the basketball practice with Ralph and Ralph sat him down and said, I want to maybe adopt Josiah. And the dad said, Oh, I don't, I would like to try to be a dad to Josiah. And then, uh, but he didn't say no. I felt like, Ralph was sort of taking that as a no, but and I don't understand the ins and outs of the motion that's in, behind these uh, the situation. But I just think it's sort of bizarre that he's writing a book about parenting, and I can wrap my head around the fact that like he wants to be respectful to JoJo's biological dad, and so he doesn't want to officially adopt Josiah. I think where the issue is is there's such a miscommunication with Drew, his wife, not only with this situation, but it seems like every little aspect of their relationship, there's a miscommunication and they're not on the same page for anything. And so the idea of you writing a parenting advice book where in your real life, you aren't even on the same page as the person that you're co-parenting with your wife, Drew, that is bizarre to me, right? Like I want to understand the situation and I don't think that... Uh, maybe the situation with Ralph and uh, Josiah's biological dad, that's more intricate than we can let on. My main issue is like you're writing this book and yet you're not on the same page as your co-parent because Drew said in the confessional, yeah, I want this to happen, but I'm trying to get over it or whatever. It's like, so I don't think you could write like an expert opinions book on this situation. That's my opinion. What the fuck do I know? But who cares? (laughs) 
Then we got to Marlo and her assistant and the nephew. Wait, did you anyone see this? So there's a picture of Marlo's nephew. And I didn't pause it or rewind it, so maybe I just saw it wrong. Like, you know how you sometimes see just like a... What's that? Uh, You're in the desert and you see an oasis, but it's not really there. And I feel like I saw a picture of Michael... Did anyone see this? Underneath, like a million clothes, like he was laying on the floor next to the bed, and he was laying underneath, laying, lying, um, underneath like a pile, a mountain of stuff. And it was the funniest picture I've ever seen, but I feel like I maybe made it up because it was so shocking to my eyes. And I was like, girl, what's happening? Girl? I couldn't understand. I couldn't make heads or tails of like, what was going on with Michael underneath all them clothes? And that photo, anyway... That's all I could focus on that whole scene. I don't even know what happened in that scene. Unclear. Then we cut to the party. Ralph and Drew did all this work, and they were calling it for the other women a goodwill party, which I think we could maybe workshop that name because goodwill is obviously a clothing donation company, which is a great thing if you have any clothes. You know what? This is a good reminder both to myself and any of us out there. As we head into the fall season, maybe go through the closet and find some clothes that we could donate to goodwill or another place that there's places that'll come pick up your clothes Growing up, we always had this one place nearby back in my hometown of Solon, Ohio. We would have, my mom would always have people, uh, she would call this one place and they would come and pick up the clothes. And so you just put them on the porch in some bags. And, uh, you know, you, you did it Angelina from Jersey's Shore style where you put all the clothes in a garbage bag and then somebody come pick them up. At least I think that was a charity that picked up them clothes on the porch. I just remember my mom coming in the room on the weekend and be like, Dan, pack up your clothes. They're coming to pick it up. <laughs> was that a charity? Maybe my mom, Linda, was just like, Dan, get all your clothes and throw them in a bag. Come on. And she was always so intense about it because she would forget until the last minute. So literally, they'd pick them up on a Saturday morning. So she'd barge in the room at 8 a.m. and be like, Dan, get your clothes. And then I have to just throw shit in a garbage bag. I was like, I don't even know. And meanwhile, all my clothes back then were just hand-me-downs because my two older brothers just give me all their old stuff. So it was by the time I was done with them, that's when they finally went to the the charity, but yeah, she would storm in that room. Ugh. My mom was also on the weekends obsessed with me cutting the grass. My mom has this weird thing. We're getting off track here. Uh, but my mom has this weird thing about the lawn. And I hated it growing up because she always was obsessed with it being like a certain length. So you had to cut it. It had to be exactly seven days or a little less than seven days. And so on the weekends, I always had to cut the fucking grass. So she'd barge in the room and she'd be like, Dan, you got to cut the grass. And she was obsessed with it. Or in Ohio, there would always be these unpredictable weather. So sometimes it'd be raining. And if it looked like it was going to rain, she would get so upset. She'd be, Dan, you got to go out there now. It's going to rain. And I'd be like, well, it's fine, mom. Like, it's, well, I'll cut it in two days or something. But she'd be worried about it. It was like getting, it would be too wet then if it rained and you wouldn't be able to cut it for another couple of days. And so, I mean, she's, I have, I have literal PTSD thinking about this now. Saturday mornings in the Pellegrino household. Whew, not so great for Dan. Not so great for Dan just yelling at me to do the chores. And, uh, anyway, it teaches a work ethic. There you go. Anyway, so Drew and Ralph were calling this party. Oh, goodwill. I get on so many tangents on this show. But who cares? <laughs> I'm sorry to the listeners. I know this show's not for everyone. Everything iconic is not for everyone because I get off track. I talk about all sorts of shit. And you got to get on the ride or get off. And so I'm happy that you're all on this ride. I'm so grateful to all of you. Really. I mean, the fact that I get to do this now for a living and it's so fun. And I just love, I'm just grateful to all of you. you. You are all the best. And so thank you for going on this ride with me. And just... uh yeah, I'm sorry that I get off track sometimes. But thank you. I love you. 
Okay, so they're having this party. Now, Drew sent Sheree the invoice, and Sheree's like, I'm not paying the $2,700. She says, I'm not paying for other bitches' bright ideas. And I don't think she's wrong there. I Again, uh, well, I still got to think about that. I'm not sure if I side with Drew or Sheree on this one. I think I sided with Sheree at first, but now I'm kind of siding with with Drew. But anyway, so the She by Sheree stuff, Sheree reveals that she outsourced some of the work on the pieces for her She by Sheree fashion show to L.A., so some of the pieces are coming from LA. Some are coming from another place, which is such a mess. It's like, how is the line going to be cohesive? And then she reveals that some samples are stuck in Alaska. Some of them are just stuck in Alaska. Like there's a separate production in LA. And on the way to Atlanta, they got stuck in Alaska. And Candy's sitting there. She's like, did she just say the fashions are lost in Alaska? Like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck? I mean, Candy's like, girl. Girl? What are you doing? What's happening? Why are they in Alaska? And I don't even think, okay, so if it's coming, again, I don't know maps very well, but if it's coming from LA to Atlanta, is Alaska even on the way to Atlanta from LA? Like, I'm no geography expert. I'm no cartographer, but I do believe that it's not in the direct path from LA to Atlanta. So how did it get stuck? Can we get a cartographer on the line? Because I don't understand how that happened. Unless I'm thinking of a map wrong, which is quite possible. Maybe some of you are saying, no, it's actually right in the middle. <laughs> so I don't know. But in the my brain of brains, as I'm thinking about in this moment, I don't believe that Alaska's in the middle. So how the fuck did it get to Alaska? And why is it stuck there? I mean, can't they just over... Shouldn't you be overnighting these samples anyway? I mean, is she just doing ground shipping? At this point, she by Shrey, it needs to be overnighted. Okay, I can't deal with the ground shipping situation, Shrey. You got the fashion show coming up. You need the samples. So let's uh, loosen up the purse strings a little bit and pay for priority shipping. What are you doing with the ground? That's how stuff gets lost in Alaska. Order at Prime or something. I don't know. Call up FedEx overnight, UPS. I don't care how you got to do it, but you shouldn't be doing ground shipping or USPS shipping uh, regular. It should be priority. You should have to sign for it. Like, Because how much weight could these samples be? It's not like she's shipping a whole line of goods. She's just shipping the samples. And they're not even all the samples because half of them are from some other fucking production house. So couldn't she overnight the half samples that are coming from L.A. and getting lost in Alaska? Like, what is going on? Anyway, uh, Monietta shows up to this dinner event. But who cares? When Moyetta shows up every single week, I'm like, who's that? And it, I swear to you, it takes me a couple minutes to just get my bearings and be like, oh, yeah, that's Moyetta. And so I feel bad that she's just showing up at all this stuff and she's getting cut out of everything. And there's all these other random women who are there, too. Marlo's cousins are there or Kenya's cousin, Marlo's friends. I was happy about that. It was nice. Because sometimes you watch these events and you're like, oh, it's just the cast. And so it takes you out of the moment a little bit because you're like, this isn't their real lives. Like, this is just a production and the cast. And so when the other outside people show up, I'm like, oh, okay. It makes it feel like it's more realistic. And so I did like that. I did like that. But Marlo and Kenya showed up at the same time. And it was so funny to me that Kenya just closed the door on her. Then we have them all sitting down. Marlo's cousin stands up and tells Marlo not to fight with Kenya. And I loved her. The cousin, give her a peach too. Her and Rowan, or what was that woman's name? Rowan? Rowan? Uh, They need to be on some show together as well. Because uh, Marlo's cousin, I feel like, was bringing peace to the group. 
Like I was even ready to call up my arch enemies and apologize to them after hearing Marlo's cousin. I was like, get Melissa Joan Fart on the line. I need to apologize because something about her inspirational words made me want to get in touch with Patty Stanger and say, hey, Pats, what's up? What's good? You know, because I'm inspired by Marlo's cousin. Ultimately, that feeling passed almost immediately. And uh, I was no longer ready to make up with my arch nemesis. However, Candace Cameron Boring almost got a call from Dan or a DM from Dan saying, I'm sorry, because Marlo's cousin was inspiring me. It didn't happen. Drew Chef, though, was there, too, making the food again. And was I? they showed the invoice, and I didn't see Drew Chef on the invoice. So maybe the chef is just working pro bono. Is that a thing? Maybe that's because maybe I missed it on the invoice or something. But I thought they showed a close-up of the invoice when they were saying that Sheree didn't pay it. And then the chef was, I don't remember seeing the chef on the invoice. So how are they paying the chef who's providing a lot of services and good plates of food? Anyway, we have this montage of Marlo and Kenya being awful to each other. And we want them to make up. The whole group is like, you guys need to make up. We're tired of you two fighting. And I ultimately maybe agree. I think I would like to see some, maybe next season it'd be fun to see Kenya and Marlo on the same team. I don't think Marlo's having a great inaugural season as a peach holder. I think she's maybe trying a little too hard to to have feuds with people. And I don't think that works. I think Sonya's been trying too hard to have feuds with people. And so we want them to have conflict and move forward. And But sometimes... Some of the conflict, it, it rings false to me. That's how I'm feeling about the Marlo and um, Marlo this season. Although her feud with Kenya feels more like they just hate each other. So that feels real, I guess. Anyway, Drew's mom prays over the food and they all stop fighting. And Sheree says, Sheree and Drew says, this is so funny to me. Okay, so after they all pray and eat the food, Sheree and Drew said, we ha- want to have, be positive with each other. So we want all of us to get along. We all want to be positive. Uh, but we'd also like to play a game called Below the Belt. Now, this was, <laughs> this is such a housewife thing. It's like, oh, everyone's finally getting along. Let's play this dinner game where we bring up all the things we hate about each other. And it's like, why are we doing that? Tell me why. Yeah, I know why we're doing it. It's for entertainment of the audience, and I thank them for it. Thank you, Bravo producers. We love you. So they play this game called Below the Belt. And then they bring up all the things that they hate about each other. So they bring up the aggressive Sonia comment with Ross. And Sonia says to Kenya, bitch, you wish you had a man like that. And Kenya just sort of like laughs. Kenya's like, not. <laughs> Kenya's not interested in a feud with Sonia. She's engaging in the feud with Marlo. But I just think like, okay, this is not, this is too easy for me to fight with Sonia. So they're bringing up all these things. And then in the middle of this game, Shrey's like, oh, I have an invitation for you all. An invitation for you all. And then she decides to pull out these things. And they look like they were in bubble wrap, but they were like these little frames that had the invite framed as well as some little doll clothing. And then she gives it to everyone. It's the invite to she by Sheree. And it's called the experience. She says a hundred people are coming. Okay. Wow. Sit tight, little bear, because we got to just go over this, this invitation. What the fuck? She decided to just frame kid doll clothes. So she literally got doll clothes before she got the samples that are stuck in Alaska for the actual line for this fashion show that's going to be put on for 100 people. So she's got these uh, seemingly custom doll clothes because it didn't seem like just random doll clothes, right? Like if I just ordered some doll clothes on Amazon, I don't think they would be the same doll clothes that went in this invitation for the She by Sheree fashion experience. And yet 
they all seemed to go with the invite. So they were literal custom doll clothes. Okay, so where did she get these seemingly custom doll clothes? Right? You know, every holiday season, I have my elf on the shelf, and I like to put different outfits on them because that's who I am. And so I got him this little robe. And after I got him the little robe, I thought it was like really funny that my fucking elf had a robe on. And so then I was like, oh, I'm going to buy some other clothes. And they shop, they make him other clothes at like the Target and stuff. And so last year I had gone online, I think on Amazon or somewhere, and I was looking for like different types of clothes. But you could only buy a couple different outfits for the elf on the shelf. And so I know as someone with experience, I know that you can't just find any type of doll outfit in that size because it looked like the clothes that she had in that invite for the experience of She by Sheree, it looked like they were about the size of an elf on the shelf. And so I know as an experienced consumer that you cannot just get any old elf on the shelf clothing options. And yet Sheree seemed to have, I thought I saw shorts and joggers and all. I mean, so where did she get these elf clothes? And if she has a link, maybe she could pass it along to me. I don't know if Sheree, if you're out there and you're listening, where did you get those doll clothes? Because the holiday season's coming up and I'm going to need my elf to have some new wardrobe options rather than just the robe I got him in. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, she did this whole invite, and it was so much, and I don't know how she had them made, and it seemed like a lot of money put into an invitation for something where you don't even have samples for, and she couldn't even pay the models, but she obviously would have had to pay the materials for this invite, and then did all of, I guarantee not those hundred people got these kind of invites. I would imagine it's just for this cast that she got these special invites for, but they still must have cost a lot of money. So where's the money coming from? And those monies could have been spent elsewhere, whether it be paying Drew's invoice or simply paying the models that you want to hire for this fashion show. It seems to me that that would be a better use of funds. But what do I know? What do I know? I do like how they keep cutting to Dwight from early season of Atlanta, and they keep cutting to that thing where he says, a fashion show with no fashions, how dreadful. And Kenya said it this episode, and it seems like next week, or the week after we get a Dwight appearance, and I'm so excited to see a Dwight appearance. I was re-watching Early Housewives of Atlanta, and there's this one scene where Dwight's in a confessional, but they used to do those on-the-fly confessionals where it was just like the camera person in the scene would ask them questions. Do you remember this? So now they do the confessionals just behind, in front of a green screen or uh, in their house or whatever, but they used to do them like in the middle of the scene. So they'd call over fucking Kim Zolciak or Dwight or Sheree, Lisa Wu, and be like, hey, what do you think about this moment? And then they'd talk on screen. And so I was watching an old season. There's one of Dwight where he's just laying, like laying horizontally and doing his confessional in the middle of a scene. And it's the best thing ever. And so I'm excited to see Dwight. I'm excited to see that man. Uh, okay, so then they uh, talk about Rowan. Sheree says she didn't really spend a million dollars. And Marlo and Kenya come together by talking shit about she by Sheree. But they all ultimately want Sheree to get a win. That's, they say they go around the table, they're like, who wants Sheree to win? And they all want her to win. Because uh, she's been doing this too long, and we can't have this storyline for another season. It's just it's too played out. We've seen it too many times. So Sheree either needs to get it together, or she needs to cut it loose. This is the last chance kitchen, Sheree, baby. We love you. When we're all rooting for Sheree, and so we want it to happen. And so does this group. They all want it to happen. Then we cut to Sheree at the coffee shop with Apollo. You know, last week on the show, remember, I said Apollo's coming, and he did show up. We finally get to see him. And as he's, like, arriving at the coffee shop, they play all these quotes of his, which I didn't ever think that Apollo had any, like, memorable quotes. (laughs) 
Like Phaedra, of course, has had some memorable moments and quotes and stuff, but they tried to bamboozle us into thinking that like Apollo had all these like memorable meme quotes and stuff. And I was like, I don't remember any of this, but they were doing this montage of Apollo and his quotes. And then Sheree lies to the camera. She says, Apollo and I have always been good friends, but we lost touch when he went to prison. And meanwhile, they show the only footage that they had of Sheree and Apollo seemingly being friends was like this one weird group shot where it was like Miss Lawrence, Sheree, Phaedra, like it was this whole group of people. And Sheree was just sort of maybe like laughing a little bit at something Apollo said, but I don't even think the two of them were directly communicating. But obviously they had to have this loose thread and make it seem like Sheree and Apollo were buddies when producers obviously set up that Apollo would show up on camera. And they wanted him back. They wanted him to update everyone on the Phaedra stuff. And so they had to say that Sheree and Apollo were all these like good friends or something. I was like, oh, okay, we're really, uh, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here in terms of uh, loose threads, because I don't know that they were ever actually friends, and the only footage they had was clear that they weren't actually friends. Anyway, he's still hot. Sheree asks him to model for the show, and he says yes. Then he starts talking and giving us an update. So he's been home for two years. He said Phaedra left him to rot and die, and she wasn't there for him. And I kind of thought, here, I don't know. I sort of thought he wasn't there for her. I mean, because didn't, uh, forgive me, I don't want to talk about this if I'm getting these facts wrong. But I thought the reason that he went to prison is because he was keeping things from the government or something, wasn't it? Is that wrong? Anyway, ultimately, she was his wife. And if she found out that he was lying about stuff, and that's why he had to go to prison, wouldn't that be why she's mad at the husband? Because he lied to her? So, of course, she wouldn't be there for you because she found out that you were lying to her. And so I understand having a ride or die in your marriage, but if you find out the significant other's lying and they're going to prison because of their lies, then maybe you wouldn't be there for them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take notes, Matt. <laughs> anyway, Tyrone said that Apollo told him that they were together because they talked or something. And then, is it weird that I sort of wanted Sheree and Apollo to hook up? I don't know. Like, I was just... Because I feel like Sheree got the short end of the stick when it came to the Tyrone situation. Because she loved this man forever while he was away. And then now he's back. And then she's he's being an asshole to her. And she didn't even get the good... Did she get the good sex out of it? I forget. Did they see each other? I just wanted to get some good sex. That's all. And so if... I don't know. I just feel like she's earned it. After all the stuff she's been through with Tyrone and now everything she's been through with She by Sheree, I just feel like she needs to get a good lay. And so I'm, I'm just rooting for that for Sheree. Anyway, Sheree said that Tyrone and her talked again. And then he's been calling and texting. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Speaking of the Sheree and Apollo stuff, though, I'm just thinking of this now. Where do we all stand on this? So Yes, he went away and served his time. And this comes up a lot with The Real House in New Jersey because people say, oh, get Teresa off there. She's a criminal. And I kind of am of am the opinion of, well, she served her time and served her time for her misdeeds. And so, of course, I'm not condoning her misdeeds or any of these people who go away to prison or jail or whatever. I'm just saying if you served your time, I think we owe it to people to forgive them right? In any case, whether they go away to prison or something, or they do something, I think as long as we see that they've repented or that they've uh, served their time, I don't know why that's the only word I could think of was serve their time. What's the word? Can I think of the, I feel like there's a better word for that. (laughs) I just feel like maybe we should with Teresa, with Apollo, it's like they went away, they served their time. And so 
now I think we start over. We start fresh. And if they do the things again, then I understand that we uh, would look at it differently. But I think if we have to forgive, right? Don't we have to forgive? I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Anyway, next week on the show, we get Shrey's uh, fashion show experience. Maybe. We'll see. TBD. And then Kenya's in a uh, CVS or drugstore, Walgreens, something. She's in there with her Kenny Moore hair care, which is exciting. Tyrone shows up. Dwight shows up. Oh, I'm excited for this fashion show. The event of the season. Fashion show with no fashion. Some of them might be stuck in Alaska, but we're... <laughs> some of her goods might be in Alaska, but we're getting some sort of fashion experience. But who cares? But who cares? I love you all so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Should we do our cheesy little cool down? We need it. We need it. Just take a deep breath in. Hold it and... Tell me why. Tell me why. Breathe out. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I put that on the soundboard. And that's because I learned this past week that Backstreet Boys, I want it that way, did not reach number one in the Billboard charts. Now, this was overwhelming to me. I could not believe it. I still can't believe it, quite frankly. But it only peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Now, this song came out. I remember the day it came out. I was on my middle school class trip to Columbus, Ohio. We were on a bus. And I remember this girl, Emily, she had gotten the album right the day it came out. And she had brought it with her. And she brought one of those portable CD players with the speaker attachment. And she played the song Upwards of 300 times on that bus. Upwards of 300 times. And so I remember listening to it 
over and over and over again. And then the radio played it over and over and over again. Then TRL had it at number one over and over and over again. And still to this day, I hear it in a grocery store. It's one of the grocery store anthems. So when I'm buying a DiGiorno pizza, I hear that song saying, tell me why on the radio and the loudspeaker. And so I assumed, wrongfully apparently, that this song was a big number one hit for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it turns out it only peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. So I went and researched why. I said, internet, tell me why. Tell me why. And I come to find out it's because the label decided to not release it as a CD single. So back then, the Billboard charts were mostly based on sales of a CD single. And so the label... Remember, they were managed by that one nightmare man. What was his name? Lou Pearlman or whatever that asshole is. Uh, anyway, I th- were they still managed by him at the time? Unclear. I might be getting some of this history wrong. I'm sorry to get the history wrong, but I'm trying to give you an update. So apparently, they didn't release a CD single. So although it was played a lot on the radio, that's not how the Billboard chart was made up at that time. It favored the sale of singles and the sale of the full album. And the label wanted everyone to buy the full album instead of buying the CD single. And so the album obviously sold really, really well because a lot of the people were buying the full CD instead of being able to buy the CD single. Because I know young people out there might not remember this, but if you really liked a song, you couldn't just go on iTunes back in the day. You had to go to the store and go to the Kmart and get a CD single. And it would usually have like one song in it and then have like a remix version of that song that was really bad, but they put it on there for something extra. And it would come in the cheap packaging. So apparently that's why it only peaked at number six. And Backstreet Boys didn't really have a lot of Billboard number ones. I don't even, I could be wrong, but I don't know if they had any Billboard number ones, which is crazy to me. NSYNC only has a couple of them because they also did the same thing. I think It's Gonna Be Me went number one for, for NSYNC. I could be getting some of this wrong. I did Bye Bye Bye. I think NSYNC only had one or two number ones, which is also shocking to me. But uh, I know, justice for the boy bands. Justice for the boy bands. These people that were managing the boy bands back in the day. I mean, uh, did I tell you about how I saw Boys to Men in concert? I think I did. But just in case, did you get your tickets? If you can see them anywhere, go see them. It's life-changing. Truly the best. Okay. I'm coming down from my sugar high. I love you all so much for listening. And uh, just nothing else to say, but... But who cares? Goodbye.